Welcome. Happy Tuesday to you and you and you and you and you. Wow. This month is going by so quickly. You guys, I cannot believe it's the 26th of July, but here we are. We're covering Seeking Sister Wife season four, episode eight, In Love With Your Brain. Now, listen, you guys, my disclaimer from the very jump of the show is that I'm going to be talking a lot of crap. Hey, Crystal. Hey, girl. Hey, I'm going to be talking so much crap because I'm telling you, Jared, where are you? I need you to come and co-host this show with me because I do not understand what the hell is going on. That's how I feel. Hey, Mandy. Hey, girl. Hey, I don't understand what's going on. I mean, I do understand, but I just don't understand why we're going through it. So let's just jump into it. Oh, I always forget. So let's do housekeeping. Bottom of the screen where you can support the show. Uh, support the show. Support the show. That's all I can say. There's super chat, super stickers available. Um, all right. So we're going to talk about the Foley's. Brenda and Steve. Brenda does not want... Who said it? I think it's Bill Clinton. I think I'm trying to say something like Bill Clinton. Like, read my mouth. Brenda does not want to be in a polygamous relationship. <sighs> Hopefully Jared's doing better. We don't need these folks raising his blood pressure. Facts. Brenda doesn't want to be in a polygamous relationship. Brenda is super insecure. I feel like Brenda needs to go get counseling. I just, and like, what's her storyline? To be honest, like who, who is she? Hey, Vanessa. Hey, girl. Hey, she clearly has Vanessa. You made it on time. What happened? What changed? The alert changed. What happened? Fill me in. Um, Brenda, I think is insecure. I think she has no friends. I'm curious if she has children of her own. I'm curious to know if she's been married before this, or this is her first marriage. I'm curious to know why she wants to befriend a 21 year old and act like that's the end all be all like clearly you have some issues clearly it's it's very clear and it's clear that you don't want to show your husband even though you were the third and you met him when he was married it's very confusing to me anyhow they just met up with um steve's kids from um from a previous marriage and both kids are just like, well, I think the son really wants his love and affection and attention. So the son's kind of trying to just be cool and do whatever and whenever. Um, but his daughter, Jaden, just thinks his lifestyle is disgusting, thinks his lifestyle is like BS, doesn't want to have anything to do with it, doesn't want to have anything to do with him, all the things. So suffice to say, that trip didn't go very well. Now, one, I don't know about you, and I know that Crystal and I talked about it, but I think because Preston and Jaden, they have a very distinct cadence in how they speak. And I'm not clear if it's like an accent or if it's like a, I'm not clear what it is. I just know that I haven't heard the the way they talk, I haven't heard it before. And so for me, it's a little bit hard to understand them. But I think Preston says his dad has a hard time 
portraying his emotions on other people. And I was like, well, what does that even mean? Are you saying that he has a hard time sharing his emotions? Like, so between like the way he talks and the wording and then, I don't know. It was just very, I had to rewind it like four times and still I, I was like, I think that's what he's saying. So basically I think that Preston was like, listen, my dad is not communicating properly. My sister's pissed off. And he's going to have a hard time talking with her because he doesn't have the best ability in showing his emotions when he's talking to his children. Yeah. I mean, Pineapple Express, I did, I did talk about that with Crystal earlier today. I just didn't want to say it because I don't know if it's true or not. Crystal said, yeah, I need more information about it. It almost sounds toddler-like. Yeah, it's uh, and it's interesting because, again, I did think it was a speech impediment, which I, I mentioned to Crystal earlier today, but for both of them to have it is, is it would be interesting to know, like, what the mom talks like. You know what I mean? And it's it's interesting to me that they didn't address it at all. And the other thing that I think that I don't want to be like super whatever, but it's interesting to me, like you, you'll put subtitles on any of the other 90 day fiance cast members who are not from America, who have a little bit of an accent. They'll put like a TLC will put like a, um, you know, a lower third so you can read what they're saying. Cause they're worried you can't understand, but like with all the Americans, they won't do that, do that. But here we are. And most of us were like, wait, what? What are they saying? The who, the what, the where? <clears throat> Anyways. Steve clearly has a, a difficult relationship with his children. I think the fact that, you know, he's trying to do the most by having multiple wives is not helping him and not helping his situation at all with his children, right? Because they're teenagers and he doesn't have primary custody of them and they already think bad things about him. So I think just it just makes it much more difficult for him. And so um, him and Brenda are on their way home and Brenda's complaining. And again, I just, you guys, I cannot with this woman. I feel like she's like the biggest crybaby whiner that's out there. Like, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Like, why are you in this situation? You put yourself in this situation and now you can't handle it. And now all I'm going to hear about is how you feel left out and your feelings are hurt and you're just looking for someone to be your best friend. Do you, you're like in your forties. Do you not have any friends? And where's your family? Do you have kids? Like I have so many questions for her because she's so dependent on this man and the attention she needs from him as well as, this new chick who's only 21 years old, April's 21. She has no life experience. She's never been in a serious relationship and you expect all the things from her. But meanwhile, you can't like reflect on your own damn self and reflect on how needy you are. It makes no sense to me. Yes. That's how I feel. Brenda is a completely a Debbie downer every single episode. And we're eight episodes in. She's like, whining and complaining woe is me no one loves me i feel left 
freaked out. I have no friends. I'm looking for a sister wife. I feel like I'm disconnected. I don't understand. I feel left out. I just feel like I'm good. Like, fuck off. Like, how old are you right now? Like, how old are you right now? Brenda. Uh, Vanessa says about Jaden and Preston, it's possible they both have genetic hearing issues. It's been bugging me from the time we met them. You know what, Vanessa? You know, I know you're super bright, but that totally makes sense to me. Now, Now that I'm thinking in my mind and hearing how they're speaking, that's possibly what it is. Thank you for sharing that. So anyways, Brenda gets, Brenda and Steve get back from the trip with the kids and Brenda reaches out to April and asks her to go for coffee and Brenda wants to talk about, you know, their last conversation. Because remember, the last conversation was a shit show where she was like, again, just whining and woe is me. And I feel left out and blah, blah, blah. Right. So she goes on to say that she feel, she tells April, listen, I feel like you and Steve have something. And you both have someone. And I feel like. I'm left out and I, she feels jealous. And she also feels like the communication isn't there with them. Like they communicate, they meaning April and Steve communicate on a regular basis. And Brenda feels like she's out of the loop and she's not, not considered. And I'm like, well, Brenda, I need to know your backstory. Like, how did you get into this relationship? Because you came in as the third, like I said, And what was your communication? Like, did you communicate directly with Steve as well as his ex-wife? Like, you're not new to this. You came into this relationship as the third person. So you know how it rolls. However, I personally think, and I'm going to continue to say this, you were happy that the wife was like, peace out. I'm not feeling this. I'm I'm not trying to live this polygamous lifestyle. And then you thought, oh, great. He's going to miraculously change. He stayed with me. He's going to love me and be with me. And it's just going to be the two of us. And he's building us a house. And we're going to be together forever. But instead, he's like, oh, no, let's get a, a younger, prettier version of you. And now she's feeling all insecure. Vanessa says, Brenda is needy, but her husband doesn't dote on her at all. I don't see any chemistry. Well, I th- I agree with you, Brenda. Excuse me. I agree with you, Vanessa. I think Brenda is needy as fuck. I don't see Steve doting on her, but I also think Steve is kind of over her because she's so needy. She's so, at- she's over the top needy that he's just like, yeah. Because I think that, that for me, if, if someone was so needy, yeah, you give into it in the beginning, but then after a while, you just get sick of it. You're like, you know, get some balls, grow up, get some therapy, do some, get some friends, join a club. Like I said, join a club. She looks like she would be great at joining like a knitting club or like doing some volunteer work where she's surrounded by other people. 
where she can feel needed. Like she says she needs to feel needed, whatever it is. But I think he's over her. And like, like the rest of us, exactly. We're all over her. Like the rest of us, we're completely all over her. She's just so extra with it. So anyway, she's at this coffee with April and she's basically like telling April, you know, I just really need more attention for from you. I really want us to be close. I really want us to be like, you know, sister wise. And April's like, well, you know, when we're together, everything seems to flow and seems to be fine. And don't forget, April's only 21 years old. But she's like, you know, when we're not together, yeah, I tend to just focus on Steve because she's only 21 and she's never been in this polygamous type of relationship. So she only knows to one-on-one and, you know, clearly she is heterosexual. So she's like, I'm going to focus on the person that my attention is and my attention is to Steve. So she does feel bad that it bothers Brenda, but she actually doesn't know what to do because again, remember She's never been in a really committed relationship because she's only 21 years old. Hey, Radella. Hey, girl. Hey. So Brenda admits that she's jealous of April and Steve's relationship. She feels left out and tells April that she's looking for someone that she can depend on that she can lean on, that she can chit-chat with, she can have fun with as a sister wife. And again, you guys, I want to ask you, I want to, like, does she not have any friends? Does she have not have friends? Does she not have siblings? Does she not have parents? Does she not have coworkers? I'm trying to figure out what this woman is about. I'm going to need the backstory, and I need it immediately. Do you not know anyone in your life that you can have chit chats with? But instead, as a 40 plus, you're looking over to the 21 year old to be your bestie and your sister wife. And because she's only 21 and just coming into this, she doesn't know what she's doing. And so now you're super disappointed and jealous and have all these expectations of her. I don't, I don't get it. And I also am a little worried the fact that both you and Steve in your 40s are preying on a 21-year-old who clearly has no experience. <sighs> Crystal says she needs a therapist first. Vanessa's like, they expect this young girl to manage both of these old people's emotions. April needs to run all the things. So then the producer's like to April, can you see yourself loving Brenda? And April kind of stumbles with her answer. And she's like, basically, I guess that's the goal, right? For us to be like besties. Listen, this situation is not going to work. It's not going to work. April is not into this. She's into Steve, but she's not into this polygamous lifestyle. And I don't think that she's old enough, mature enough, has enough experience to really take on two super needy 40 somethings who both want something from this young girl. Listen, April, listen, April, listen, go ahead and live your life. Go to the club, go to the bar. You know what? Go ahead and and live your life. Meet all the boys, do all the things, 
get some experience, travel, maybe go to school, maybe, you know, whatever, if you're working, maybe like, you know, meet some people at work. You don't need these, these two, April. Nothing as good as, in my opinion, nothing good is going to come from this because Brenda doesn't really want to be sharing her husband. Plus she's super needy and has all of the lack of emotional maturity that she can't teach you shit. So just, just run. And Steve, Steve just wants to like have younger, hotter versions of his wives. That's what I feel. And so it's not a win-win situation. It's a win-lose situation. Only person that's winning in the situation, if April indeed decides to stay in this, whatever this is, relationship, is Steve. Everyone else loses. Oh, what's Rongleman? Hi. Says, and where are April's friends and family? Facts. Guide her, teach her. Show her your ways. Okay, you guys, can I just tell you right now? Okay. I'm going to talk about the Davis family. And I'm just going to tell you, here's my disclaimer. I absolutely 100% cannot stand Nick. I think Nick is the scrub of all scrubs. I think he's the biggest scammer. No good, dirty, rotten, lazy scoundrel I've yet to see on this series. I 100% just think he's just the biggest scrub of all scrubs. So that being said, know that how I'm talking is through that filter. Facts. He's a pimp wannabe. And if you've watched this show and if you've been with me throughout this these last eight episodes, he truly is like a 1980s pimp. But what's What's worse about him is at least the pimps in the 80s, they were like hustling. This fool is lazy as fuck. He doesn't do shit. He just thinks that he has a penis and because he can stick it in women, he's God's gift to women. It's driving me crazy. And like the fact that, and I haven't gotten to it yet, but the fact that he's like, he's like, he, he thinks he's this big reader and he's so intelligent. And even the, the title of the episode is I'm in love with your big brain. This fool doesn't have a big brain. This fool probably reads the cliff note versions of the books that he says he's reading. This fool probably doesn't even read the books. He reads like the intro flap and reads maybe one page in, in between the book, finds the big words, memorizes them because they're like one sentence. And then, verbally pukes it to his his wives it it drives me crazy y'all like what you don't work you don't work you say you're a stay-at-home dad but we saw that kid one time the kid has grown you don't drive you don't cook you don't clean you just have a fucking penis and so you think you're god's gift to these women it drives me absolutely bananas that being said, it was Danielle's turn to spend the night with Nick. So she spent the night with Nick. She is like, oh, I didn't sleep very much. I didn't sleep very much because Nick and I were up all night. And I'm glad that we had this opportunity to be together and be intimate and all this stuff. 
Meanwhile, April and Jennifer spent the night in the other room together in the bed, but they didn't sleep well either because they felt the bed was not comfortable. So April, somewhere in the night, went to lie on the couch to see if she could sleep on the couch better. And Jennifer got up at the same time, went to the bathroom, tried to get something to drink, realized Nick was up. And since Nick was up as well, they met up for a midnight rendezvous in the bedroom while April was on the couch. And I was like, okay, so let me get this straight. Because we're all grown here, right? We're all grown. We're all grown in the live chat. We're grown. Let me get this straight. And I'm really going to try not to go off on a tangent. And let me just say this. I'm sorry, mom, for any of the words that come out of my mouth right now, but I just cannot. So you're going to tell me this motherfucker had sex all night long with Danielle. And I am of the opinion that he probably is not strapping it on. He's probably not covering it up. So you had sex all night long with Danielle. And then you got up. You probably didn't shower or any of the things. You saw Jennifer. And then you went to to the room with Jennifer and had sex with her. And you put your penis right in her as well. All in the same one evening. Do you know, like, there's, like, HPV, there's I think something called BV, there are all of these like diseases that you have to be aware of and I'm I'm curious to know so when you bring in a new uh, sister wife or as you're courting a new seeking sister wife do y'all go get tested first? Do you get tested, make sure none of y'all have any nasty diseases? And then you guys start having sex? Or do you guys have protective sex? I'm going to need to know. Because if you're jumping from bed to bed in the same 24-hour news cycle, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted. And plus, where has Nick been before these fools? Ew. Like, ew. Oh, hi, Arlene. Arlene. Arlene says, I'm 70 years old. I consider myself grown but never came across a Nick in all my years. Arlene, consider yourself blessed. You should have hopefully bought one of those um, lotto tickets that I'm hearing about that's like bazillion dollars. I hope you bought one because clearly you have been blessed. (laughs) Vanessa says, I'm pretty sure he's nasty as fuck and not in a good way. Yeah, you guys, Like, I, I really need to know how it works. I need to know what that process is, right? Because as grown folks, we're going to want to have those conversations, but I don't feel like we heard what the conversation is. And meanwhile, you're rotating out. So the first night you slept with Jennifer, the second night you slept with Danielle and Jennifer. And you're feeling like, oh, you're the man. And I'm just trying to figure out, like, are you having protected sex? Like, what does that even look like? Ew. So. Nick then goes on to say to camera, you guys, when he's doing, like, his to camera confessional, that it would be tough to satisfy his sex drive in a monogamous relationship. And he says it would be a lot of pressure to put that on one individual. That's why polygamy is good for him. 
You know, you know what I want to say, right? You know what I want to say. First of all, Nick. Sounds to me like that's a you problem. Sounds to me like you might be a sex addict. Sounds to me that you're nasty, dirty, ratchet self perhaps might want to also just get some therapy and figure out why you feel like having sex all the time is the answer to to all all of the things and i know that in this episode i heard him say like this is his dream come true how old are you like i get it that men are like oh you know i'm a player from the himalayas and i can do this and i can do that woo 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 i get it you want to spread your wings but nick you're old as fuck now and you're still acting like you're a teenage boy Mandy says, maybe you should get a job, <laughs> a job, and then he wouldn't have so much energy to burn off. <laughs> I'm just saying, Nick, this whole, this whole situation, again, you guys, I always continue to ask, what is he bringing to the table? Because even if he's bringing penis to the table, and even if he has a baby leg as a penis, it's kind of been around the block. You know what I'm saying? And so let's just play devil's advocate for a moment, shall we? He's in his 40s, so he says. How long will he be able to put up with this? So, like, let's give him another 20 years, right? Then what? Because if you're only bringing penis to the table, then what? You're going to just pop the blue pills and continue bringing penis to the table like how are you the prize here and I don't understand I just don't understand I just don't understand it I don't understand it anyways they get up it's the morning all four of them climb into the bed and they're taking selfies in the bed which again I was grossed out by because that's the same bed that Nick just had sex with with Jennifer and now y'all are you Jennifer Danielle and April are all rolled up in that bed with the juices ew why are you guys so gross like that ew and then I was like you guys are in bed I I don't know and maybe it's just me but let's do a little poll how many of you how do you sleep with socks on or do you sleep with socks off just curious. Do you sleep with socks on or do you sleep with socks off? Because I was like, are you guys sleeping in the bed with your socks on? Do you guys sleep with socks on or off? I'm very curious. And if you're watching the replay, let me know in the comments. So Danielle talks about how Nick told her that he was intimate with, with Jennifer. Um, she's not used to it, but she's willing to adopt and adapt to the situation. And uh, Crystal says, socks off. Off, 
Mandy says. Stevie says, off. Rodella, off. Ew, gross. Mandy said, but maybe the bed is that soggy. Mandy, you just, why'd you have to take me there, girl? SG, hey, girl, hey, or hey, boy, hey. Socks off. Vanessa, no socks. Arlene says, no socks. Okay, so yeah, I feel like, and you guys already know how I feel about, and Crystal, don't freak out, but you guys already know how I feel about shoes in the house. I feel the very same way about socks. Uh, okay, so shoes in the house, I don't sleep with socks on, and like, you don't put your out, you don't sleep in your outside clothes. All the, all the nastiness that you're bringing in it's the same thing i feel about shoes belongs to whatever you wore for the day what you're not about to do is wear your outside clothes and then lie up on my clean linen in my bed and go to sleep that doesn't make sense to me yes so that being said they're lying in that nasty ass bed and nick says is someone going to make me breakfast no, is someone going to make me food or what? So he wants breakfast. And then I, my note literally says, what the fuck does this dude even do? So you don't do shit. And then you wake up and now you're hungry. And you're like looking around like who's going to make you breakfast? Like, are you a grown toddler? I don't understand. Why are these... Why are these women, what do they, why is he the prize? He brings nothing to the table. And meanwhile, you're sharing, you have a communal penis that belongs to the streets. And that's, that's good with you. And meanwhile, then now you're going to also get up and make this full breakfast and make him food because he feels hungry. Get this full to go and do, make breakfast for you all. You all should think that you're the prize. You all are the ones that are giving him what he's lusting for. So let him work for it. He don't drive. You got to chauffeur him around. He don't work. You got to pay all the bills. You got to pay for his date. Like, just no. I'm not into it at all. I'm not into it at all. <sighs> Nick says the situation is a dream come true for him. All wives, all the sister wives in one bed with him able to like kiss up on on all of them and 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 be good. Clearly, you think you're living, I don't know, like a Playboy lifestyle. Okay. Then Nick's reading while they're making breakfast, allegedly, a book about biogenesis. And he says that it's about life arising spontaneously on its own through natural directed processes called homo creality. And I was like, I don't know what homo creality means. I'd have to look it up. But I know for a fact that he doesn't know what it means. I know for a fact that he read the intro, the bio, the back of the book and acted like he's actually reading this book. I know for a fact that Nick didn't pack a book about biogenesis to go on 
his sex weekend with three women. I know for a fact that he did not do that. I know for a fact that Nick is not reading anything about anything scientific. I know for a fact that Nick is not educated. I know for a fact that Nick doesn't have a, a university degree. I know for a fact that this motherfucker is running the long game. Go ahead and buy a book or get a book or rent a book or whatever the case may be about something you, you think is super knowledgeable i'm not you know what i'm about to i'm about to show you what i mean because because i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you this is how easy it is to be a scam artist um Okay. Biogenetics, trait inheritance and molecular inheritance mechanisms of genes are still primary principles of genetics in the 21st century, but modern genetics has expanded beyond inheritance to studying the function and behavior of genes. Gene structure and function, variation and distribution are studied within context of the cell, the organism, dominance, and within the context of a population. Genetics has given rise to a number of subfields, including molecular genetics, epigenetics, and population genetics. Now, woo, I sound like I know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? I have no idea what I'm talking about. But guess what? Anyone could do that. I can get a book about whatever and say whatever, say some big words and act like I am so thoroughly educated. This, this is, listen, you guys, listen, y'all. I cannot with this fool. I cannot. Again, what is this fool bringing to the table? Nothing. Steve said he could at least cook Lazy Nick. <sighs> so, the staycation's over. They're driving back. April is, oh no, excuse me. Jennifer started driving because, you know, this fool don't drive. And like Stevie says, he needs to read a driver's ed guide and a Betty Crocker book. Facts. Because, like, what, you don't even drive? Like, what do you... How are you a stay-at-home dad? Don't your kids have, you know, baseball and basketball and, and band practice and all the things to go to? You don't drive, so you don't drive them around. So what do you do as a stay-at-home dad? Do you see what I'm saying? So I, that's why I believe nothing... He says, because he don't do shit, y'all. Must be nice to be, you know, in your late 40s, just kicking it, not doing anything. And, and I need to know more of his backstory because I want to know, did you ever work? Or was this you running game the whole time? So they're driving back. April says that Danielle did really well this weekend. And that was a weird it's weird wording to me. Did really well? Is that weird to you? It was super weird to me. I just think it's weird. She did really well. 
in a dating relationship. Hey, me, I'm dating Stevie. Stevie and I went on a date and I said, yes. Hey, Crystal, Stevie did really well on her date. It's weird, right? <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Anyway, she says she did really well. Um, but there is a red flag that maybe she hasn't thought this all the way through and she doesn't realize the magnitude of what they're asking of her. And right in that moment, in that statement, I was like, that this is, you guys are like a crazy cult. You guys are like groomers. April and Nick, because you guys are older, you're in your forties are grooming these young 20 somethings. And that's why when you say she hasn't thought it all the way through and she doesn't know the magnitude of what they're asking of her, that sounds like grooming material. And because of that, I'm just not okay with it. Yeah, Danielle doesn't know. She's never been in this situation. Plus, she's only 20-something. She's never lived her life. All you you older people who've had life experience are, are preying on these young girls. And you know why you're preying on them? Because you know they don't know any better. And then for you to say, like, hey, oh, you, she doesn't realize the magnitude of what they're asking of her. I just, in my mind, I was like, do you guys have a dungeon in your basement? Because this got creepy as fuck. Crystal says, this is why I want to know his backstory. No job. He won't marry them. He doesn't drive. Is his name really Nick? And Vanessa said, pimping ain't easy. Facts. I don't know. Something's dodgy in this situation, you guys. I don't know exactly what it is, but something is dodgy. And it's dodgy and, and no good can come from it. Um... <clears throat> In the breakfast, Jennifer, Jennifer is feeding Nick grapes. And that, I'm just, or I'm still cringing. That whole situation just made me cringe. And then she asked Danielle to come over to help feed Nick grapes. Listen, you guys, how much more lazy can you make this man? Okay. He don't, he, he can feed himself because clearly he's not doing anything else. He's got all the time in the world. He just sits around throwing his penis out. It's just, oh my God. Danielle says the favorite part of her weekend of the weekend was listening to Nick at breakfast. Um, and April says that She loves him so much. And the reason why she loves him so much is because of his big brain. Okay. If I could roll my eyes further back in my head, I would. Can't. Um, so what's the weekend takeaway? Danielle says her weekend takeaway is that she realizes that it's something that she can be comfortable with. She realizes that if she really wanted to do this, she would be able to do it. Um, but she's still hesitant about bringing on another sister wife, which I would be too, because again, if you guys know, 
Nick doesn't marry any of them. Nick doesn't do shit. The women marry each other and Nick expects to bring on another woman for Danielle to marry. So he's like hands off, right? He just, he brings his penis to the table and that's it. Oh, but you can have his last name so that you can all share a last name. <laughs> Arlene says, if he can't pull a grape off, he would starve. Facts. So, the three of them, April, Nick, and Jennifer, have a good feeling about Danielle, but they realize they have to take it slow with her. And they also realize that because they're such in a hurry to add another person, they realize they're going to have to take it a little bit slower because she's not going to be into it, which is absolutely true. Moving on to the Merrifields, Danielle and Garrett. Listen, listen, Garrett, go ahead and just tell Danielle that, hey, you can have the house, take care of the kids. I'm going to quickly just go and be with Roberta because that's who I love and that's who I want to be with. Let's just save everyone some trouble. He don't want Danielle anymore. He wants Roberta. He wants Roberta 100%. And I think about the interview with, we did with Jared and Jared was absolutely 100% correct when Garrett thinks that Roberta is this exotic woman from South America that he's just so enthralled with. He's tired of his regular ass U.S. bred wife that he's been with forever. He's done with her. Like, you can even see the way they talk. They talk more like they're, like, buddies than anything else. Anyways, they're in their new home. They're calling Roberta. They're not sure she'll pick up or not because she hasn't been picking up um, for most of the calls. She finally picks up. And, again, I've had this conversation, I think, our last show. She says that she's going to email immigration. And, again, I just know how immigration works. For Canadians, for Americans, um, for Africans. And I just know that you just can't just send an email to immigration and they're going to email you back. Like, I just, it doesn't work like that. But again, I don't know how it works in Brazil. I don't know how it works in Brazil. I'll say that. Like, I just don't. But okay. The other issue they're having is the language barrier. So, long story short, Garrick is saying her visa is approved 100%, but she needs to come to America within a month. And she's saying that there's still info that she needs from Garrick to send to immigration in order for her to get a passport. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you can just get a passport as an individual citizen. It has nothing to do with anything. And so if your visa is approved and you have a passport then you can travel. <sighs> I don't get it. I, I don't get what the holdup is, I, I suppose, because I don't buy that. I don't, if her, her visa is approved, then what else is there? We all have our passports, our passports in our home. You put your visa in the passport, the stamp in the passport, boom, you go. What, what's the issue? Who needs to email whom for what? (sighs) 
Crystal says, man, what if she hasn't even really applied and done everything? Looking forward to what the lawyers say is they seem to think she's further along in the process. I I think she's not coming, you guys. And, you know, word on the street, spoiler alert, is that she broke up with them. And I'll believe it. Because not only is there a language issue, but like they said, she's she's close to her family, close to her mom. Her mom is ill. And, you know, I don't think she's really into this polygamous lifestyle. I think she's into Garrick. And that's that. So she she's like, mm, I'm not coming. So, Danielle and Garrick are pressing her to get there because her visa is approved and she only has one month, right, to get to the U.S. So, they don't want that visa to expire. So, they're, like, really pressing her to get on it. And in the midst of the translation and her saying what she needs from them, uh, they read that you're going to send me a baby and they, they got a whole laugh of that, right? Like immaculate conception. And Garrett's like, we don't have a baby, but we need a baby. And Danielle starts to cry because she's worried about the communication and immigration. Um, and then moving forward, is Roberta really going to come? And I was like, this bitch is not really worried. She's, she's crying because, in my opinion, she's crying because this is this could be a reality for her, and she really didn't want it. Because let's not forget last season how jealous she was and all the issues she had. But all of a sudden, she's super cool with it. She can't wait. She's so worried that Roberta's not going to get there in time. No, bitch, you are like crying because it's about to be a reality, and you're really not okay with it. Let's be real. Let's be real, shall we? So then they're out to dinner with Danielle's brother, um, Sam, and his wife, Samantha. We met them in previous seasons where Samantha wasn't really for this whole polygamous lifestyle. But she's like, we love you, so we'll support you. Whatever it is that you're doing, you'll do. Um, but Samantha's worried about their situation. She doesn't want any of them to get hurt. Sam was like, you know, I don't know how you're going to do all of this. You know, like, how are you going to support a whole family and not just a whole family, but like another family? And he's worried about his sister, Danielle. Like, I hope you're not going to forget about my sister because my sister is your original wife. And you're already talking about having babies with someone that you don't even really know. How are you supporting all of this? And how are you going to have the capacity to equally divide your attention to all of these babies and wives. Which is exactly what I want to say. Because Garrett, like last episode I told you guys, he seems to get his confidence from external validation. And so how's that going to work? Explain that to me. But Garrett's feeling confident that Roberta's still coming, that she's still committed to him, that she still wants to be with him. Um, And Sam's like, well, are you sure? No, excuse me, Samantha, the wife, is like, are you sure she's really committed to coming here? Does she really love you guys? Or is this just like a green card situation? Do you think she really wants to be in it? She was asking all the right questions. I was like, yup.
Arlene says, does anyone think Roberta is changing her mind? It was okay when she was the new girl. Once Danielle started looking for another wife in the mix, I don't think she would want to be a part of it. Yeah, I I don't think, like I said, Arlene, the word on the street is she broke up with them and she doesn't come to America. So that's the word on the street. And if we look at what's the trend, we're already in episode eight. They've only talked to her like two or three times on the phone. So I would tend to believe the word on the street right now. I don't have the receipts, but I'm thinking that she does break up with them. So we're just seeing that play out during this episode or during the season, I should say. Um, but Garrick wants a baby with Roberta right away. And, um, he just really wants to be with her. And again, like I said, at the top of the show, Garrick is in love with Roberta and he kind of is just like, look at how he interacts with Danielle. He treats her like, Oh, whatever. Like she's like the, uh, she's with me because, uh, she's right here. And, Anytime they talk about Roberta, he gets super excited. He was well, everything about her. I love you. I miss you. He cries over her, all the things. It's terrible, you guys. It's terrible what I'm seeing here. Like, you have a full-on wife that bore two of your kids. Obviously, she's done well because they're grown and living and thriving. And like Samantha said, she's worried that Danielle is just doing this to keep Garrick happy, but she doesn't really want to be doing it. And that's 100% accurate. She doesn't really want this lifestyle, but she wants to hold on to her man. So she's going with the flow and she gets happy and emotional at the same time when things don't work out. So we can continue to seek a new sister wife as long as we don't actually get a new sister wife. Last and certainly... The most problem, well, not the most, I think Nick is the most problematic, but close runner up is Marcus. First of all, again, I don't know. And again, I need Jared to come back on the show because I know he explained it to me, but I think it just didn't really super sink in. But I don't know what the rules are for polygamous lifestyle, but I know this ain't it. This is not it. So as we know, he, he tricked schmoozed and lied his way to get Janae to come and visit. We we've all we all know it. We all saw it. So he has a date at seven o'clock and the date is not even like a super date. You guys, he didn't plan anything. So he flies Janae out from Atlanta. He puts her up in an Airbnb. He goes to the grocery store and then he's going to come over to the Airbnb and cook for her. That's just a fancy Netflix and chill. It really is. So you're not going to take her out on the town. You're like, hey, I'm going to come over to the the room that I set you up in and I'm going to bring some food so you can eat and I'm going to cook it for you. What kind of, what kind of, no, thank you. Anyways, Marcus is nervous because he didn't tell, tell Janae the situation before she got there. And, you know, he's always reached out to her in all the years, even though he's, you know, married and has a fiance or whatever we want to say. He says he's married to both of them. But again, like clearly legally that's not possible. And like, so you're married to Taryn and you're saying you're engaged to India, but then like you tell everyone that you're married to both of them, whatever. I don't know. 
the logistics don't math to me, but again, I don't really know how it works. But so he's not told Janae about his family life or his lifestyle. He's hoping that, and you guys listen to my words. He's hoping that the cooking he does for her helps smooth over his polygamous lifestyle. So you think a salmon breast and some potatoes are going to smooth over the fact that you haven't told this woman that you have a wife and a girlfriend and 10 fucking kids from eight different baby mamas. You think a little bit of salmon and some potatoes are going to smooth that over? (laughs) All right. I'm trying to like Okay. First of all, first of all, you're like five foot nothing. When I watched you come in with the grocery bags, I thought you were going to fall over because the bags seemed heavier than you. Then you pull out some potatoes and some broccoli and some salmon. And you're like, you think that you're a master chef, you know, the the underling of Gordon Ramsay, that you cook so well that this grown-ass woman is going to be like, yeah, no problem. I don't care if you have a wife and a girlfriend and 10 kids from eight different baby mamas. The salmon is delicious. Okay, so Janae, we know met Marcus like five to six years ago. She's 35 years old. She says they were good friends. She was a a bartender, but then, you know, she moved, so they lost contact. And then he reconnected with her, and she's, you know, excited to see him, but she's nervous. And she didn't say this, but I'm saying this, because when she opened the door, I was like, he is so short. He's so short. She had these little bitty kitty heels on and she was still towering over him. Anyways, dinner was supposed to be at seven. He showed up late. She was not impressed with that. So that was like strike one for her. He's making her, like I said, some salmon and some potatoes and some broccoli. And he cooks with a lot of butter, he says. (laughs) So he's hoping to butter her up in order for her to be okay with his lifestyle. (sighs) He asked about her dating life. She's like, oh, you know, it's complicated, but really nothing you can be concerned about. And she's like, what about you? And Marcus says, well, you know, when we were talking, Trin and I, Taryn and I were on the outs of our long-term relationship. But you mean marriage, right? Because you were you're married to her, so your long term marriage, Marcus. She moved out, and he's like, "I was ready to move you in immediately." Um, and she's like, "Oh, that's awkward." 
And then he goes on to say, so anyway, she came back home. And during the same time, he had met another girl named India. And then his words, quote, I'm kind of married to both of them. She's like, what the hell does that even mean? He explains that he's in a polygamous family and and the reason why he flew her out here is because in the kind of an kinda in the process of looking to add a third wife to the family. And she's like, her face just fell. She's like not feeling it whatsoever. She's one hundred percent upset. She's like, I have to go to the bathroom. <clears throat> And then she's like, so you flew me out here as a setup so that you can spring this off, off on me and soften the blow instead of being a real man that you claim to be and springing on me right now like this? She's pissed. She's like, you could have told me this over the phone. I clearly wouldn't have come. It's not fair to me. You know, this is wasting my time. I'm not into this 100% at all. And then he's like, oh, this didn't go well. And she's like, yeah, I didn't need to come all this way to be here to be told this. Is this a joke? She was super irritated, super irritated. And so dinner's ready. They're eating at the counter and he's, Y'all, he's chowing down like he has no issues, no problems. She's looking at him. And she's like, why would you think that I would want to even do this? He's like, well, think of the bonuses. The plus side is we have multiple streams of income. We have a serious foundation for family. The kids want for nothing. There's always a parent there. You know, I just really need you to think outside the box. And she's like, no, I'm not willing to share a man. Like, I would never share my man. Uh, Like, why are you even looking if you're so happy and you have such a wonderful family and why are you looking for anything else? And he's like, well, because you make me, you will make me more happy. I was like, first of all, she's not, she's not falling for this. Second of all, the bait and switch that you tried to do didn't work. She's clearly not for this. Although I'm surprised in the preview, you guys, that she actually stays and they go out to eat. I thought for sure she'd be on the next flight out, like, peace, I'm out. So I'm surprised that she stays. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, yeah, this, this season is very problematic to me. I think I think most of the couples, except for Tasha and Sidian, are super problematic. And I'll say it again because I keep saying it, but... Marcus is using polygamy just to to be the man from the streets because Marcus belongs to the streets. He's a serial cheater. You guys can just Google him and see for yourself if you don't believe me. But he's got a bunch of kids, a bunch of crazy history with like dead people and and political scandals and all the things. And he's short. And he's not truthful. He tries to reel women in without really saying what his real issue is. And his real issue is like, you already have two women in your life and now you're trying to make another third, but you're not going to tell people until you try to reel them in. Problematic to me. Uh, Danielle and Garrett, problematic because Garrett is in love with, he's not in love with his wife. And she's not even his wife anymore because remember, he divorced her. 
Garrick wants to be with Roberta, period. Don't even get me started, Nick. You already know how I feel about Pimp Daddy 1980. Like, and then Brendan Steve. You know Brenda doesn't want this life. She ain't about this lifestyle. Crystal said, yeah, I was surprised she stayed. I demand the fastest return flight. Arlene says, I was married for 40 years when my husband passed away. Neither of us would ever want to share. Oh, Arlene, that's so beautiful. What's the secret to a long-lasting marriage? 40 years is a, a beautiful, beautiful amount of time. Congratulations. And sorry for your loss. Crystal said, I'd break the third wall and be like, production better run me my money for a return flight. Facts. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs>